0: Father, we just thank you again for your goodness that we're reminded of every day when we just look to you, look at you and and listen to you. And father, I just pray right now that we would listen to you, that we would hear what the spirit of the Lord wants to say to us today. And father, that we would embrace the grace that would give us the ability to put into practice to apply what you're telling us. So we thank you for what you're doing in our lives, what you're doing in our, our midst, in our congregation, in our community, in the state, in America. Father, that your kingdom is being established all over the world. And we thank you, Lord, that we get to be a part of it. We get to be a part of what you are doing. And, Lord, we think that's pretty cool. And We say thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn over to Luke chapter four, and we'll get to that verse sometime. But I want to continue uh, what I started last week: vision for New Covenant of Fellowship. What we're going to be about, what we are about. We've already been about this, so we're just going to continue this, um, maybe in different terminology, so to speak. So maybe they can encourage us to be more aggressive, be more bold. But I shared last week that we are at New Covenant Fellowship, we are kingdom builders. We are and we're going to be all about seeing the kingdom of heaven established in the earth. You know, when Jesus told his disciples to pray, when he's teaching them how to pray, he said part of it was to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as As it is in heaven and then over towards um, chapter six, verse thirty three talks about to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. In other words, he was teaching his disciples. You don't have to worry about the things that normal people worry about or regular people worry about. You know, how are you going to eat and where are you going to sleep and all that? You don't have to worry about those things. Let your focus and your concern be about the kingdom. And then God will see fit and make sure that your needs are taken care of. And so it's kind of backwards because our thinking is, well, I've got to take care of this. I've got to take care of this first. But he says it's about the kingdom. And, and there's a major theme. If you look throughout the New Testament, the Gospels, Jesus talked about the kingdom over and over and over and over again. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He said, if you see people being delivered, I'm paraphrasing people being set free from demons, then, you know, the kingdom of heaven is here. And he just talked about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom over and over and over. And he gave parables explaining the kingdom is like this. The kingdom is like that. But the main thing he said, he wanted us to pray that his kingdom would come. And his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, there's two parts of that as far as God's kingdom, because in one sense, his kingdom is here. Jesus said his kingdom is here. So we saw His kingdom come in the fulfillment of Jesus when Jesus came and he began to proclaim his kingdom is here. God's kingdom is here. But also there's another part where his kingdom is not fully here, but someday it will be. God will bring his kingdom here on earth and it will be fully manifested. And everybody will be in submission, all that kind of stuff. And of course, there's all kinds of theological debate and all that kind of stuff as to how that's going to happen. And I don't know how it's all going to work out, but we know reading the scriptures, especially at the end of the book, we know that his kingdom is fully going to be manifest, It's going to be a brand new earth and God's kingdom. And he's going to rule and reign and we're going to get to rule and reign with him. But until that time comes. Just like Jesus went about. Ministering to people and doing things. And he would say the kingdom is here and he would begin to display the kingdom and share the kingdom. And that's what he wants us to do as well. So we're going to be about being kingdom builders. And so our identity needs to be, I am a kingdom builder. That's what I am. I'm a kingdom builder. As I was sharing last week, I may look like, or my assignment may be a teacher at OSU or a professional welder or a stay-at-home mom. But I am a kingdom builder. And that is our identity, and that's what it needs to become. Now, when we talk about kingdom, what are we talking about? A kingdom is a king's domain, or it refers to the rule or reign of a king. So we're talking about the kingdom of God, his rule, his reign, his domain. See, it's in heaven, fully established in heaven, and he wants it to come here on earth through us. And when he sent Jesus, his kingdom was being manifested through Jesus wherever he went, wherever he went. And he wants the same thing to happen, to continue through us. The kingdom of God is both now and not yet. It is both now and not yet. Just as I was mentioning earlier, there's a certain element available now and that God wants us to see established now. And then there's part of it. The bigger part is not yet. It's like a down payment. Jesus wants us to go about demonstrating the kingdom, showing people a sample of what heaven's going to be like. To So people can experience the goodness of God so that they want God. Amen. So what does the kingdom look like? So if we're going to be kingdom builders and say, okay, I'm a kingdom builder. What does it look like? What does that mean? Let's look at Luke chapter four, starting with verse 18. And then um, also turn to Matthew chapter 10, but hold your place in Luke Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. So, Matthew chapter 10, but we're going to look at Luke chapter 4 right now. Now Chapter 4, verse 18. Actually, verse 17 it says And he, Jesus, was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable or favorable year of the Lord. So we see right here Jesus saying, Here's why I'm here. Here's why I'm here. And He gives a, a brief description. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. To heal the broken heart, to proclaim the liberty to the captives, to uh, recover your sight to the blind, set liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the favorable, acceptable year of God. In other words, God's goodness is about to be demonstrated and manifested through this man, Jesus. And if you look over in Matthew chapter 8, excuse me, Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 and 8. And this is when Jesus begins to send his apostles out. And here's what he tells them in verse 7. He says, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then he says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. So he said, now go and proclaim the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then demonstrate the kingdom. Proclaim it and then demonstrate. Proclaim it and then demonstrate. So not only did Jesus go about doing that, but then he commissioned his his 12 disciples. And then later on we see that he commissions the 70 or 72. And then when he's about to leave, go back up, be with the Father. He says, all authority has been given to me. Go, therefore. Go into the world, make disciples. And you know, the Great Commission. In other words, that Great Commission was given to the rest of us. <clears throat> and he says, teach them to observe everything that I've commanded you. Everything that I've commanded you, teach them. And so what did he teach them? We just read a couple of verses of what he taught them to go proclaim the kingdom and then do these kingdom activities. And basically, you know, Jesus said he came to proclaim the year of God's favor, God's goodness. And through us, God wants to display and demonstrate his goodness through us so people can receive it and experience it. And so in a nutshell, that's what it means to be a kingdom builder. So a kingdom builder is a person who lives to see God's kingdom manifested in his or her sphere of influence through him or her. So a kingdom builder is someone who lives to see the kingdom of God, the goodness of God manifested through you in your sphere of influence. So wherever it is, wherever you are, that's where God wants to manifest his kingdom. And what we need to do is we need to get out of the religious mindset, thinking that the kingdom of God is only for religious type activities. In other words, it's only for Sunday morning. I mean, God definitely wants to demonstrate his presence here. He wants to demonstrate his reality here amongst us in a greater way especially as we pray together for needs, we pray for each other. God wants to meet the needs of his children, but also just as much as he wants to show up here, he wants to show up through us out there. Amen. And You know, it's been my experience that I've seen God show up more. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that he, he wants to do it this way. Just from my experience, it seems like he shows up more quicker out there. You know, because sometimes we have, if you are born again, Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you know him, he's forgiven you, you are adopted, you belong to him, he belongs to what The Bible says that God is ours now. If that is you, then you have hope. You have hope, you have a future, even if life on earth gets really, really bad, if it gets really bad. And unfortunately, that is a reality to some Christians, probably, well, many Christians, I won't say most, but many Christians on this planet, their life on this planet is is horrible because of persecution, being tortured for their faith simply because they're Christians. They're, you know, whether they're tortured or persecuted or whatever, but they have hope. They know that even if I have to deal with this for the next 5, 10, 20 years or the rest of my life on this earth, I know that someday I'm going to be with him. And see, that hope is so important. Hope a person without hope is, is in bad shape. And there are people in our sphere of influence who are without hope. We have hope. So he wants us to take that hope and share it with other people. You know, we can take it for granted that, you know, because we have a family, a church community, a church family that helps us, that supports us. Remember, like when Lisa was in the hospital and she met a young lady that she was, you know, trying to establish a relationship with so she can minister to her, encourage her and and be a help that God can minister to this lady through her. And she asked her a question. She said, um, this young lady, she's, you know, her, she has a real young child, I think 10 months, eight months. That's really sick and really bad shape. Um, and Lisa asked, do you have a church family to support you? Do you have a support system, a church family? And, and she didn't. I was thinking, man. Because thinking, OK, we're in this situation in the hospital, but we have a support. We have a family that's got our back. What would it be like to be in a situation and to feel totally alone? And there's many people out there who are in that situation. They're alone. They're going through some very difficult challenges and they are alone. They don't have a support. And so God in his goodness, I mean, he saved us. We, we've got to experience, you know, many of us can probably remember back to when we got first, when we first got saved and the joy of our salvation and how exciting it was. And now we just get to experience his goodness and his, his favor and his encouragement, his blessing. And there are people who don't have that at all. At all. Remember, I was sharing last week how I was talking to a man about becoming a Christian. I was witnessing to him. And then he <laughs> was threw up this argument. Well, I don't want to become a Christian because you Christians go through trials. pretty dumb, isn't it? <laughs> and I thought about that and I said, you don't have, you don't go through trials. Cause I was thinking, dude, I want what you got. Said, <laughs> so you don't go through trials. And then he realized the foolishness of what he said. Well, yeah, but, and then I, you know, it was, I don't remember else what he said, but he realized, and see, the thing is, is as a Christian, we go through trials as a non-Christian, you go through trials. We're all signed up for that, that program. <laughs> We're all signed up for that program. But as Christians, we have hope. We have faith. We have support. We have the Holy Spirit. We have God himself to help us through those trials. Amen? But there are people who don't. They don't at all. At all. And so God wants us as his representatives, as his ambassadors of the kingdom, to wherever we go, to remember and realize that we are his ambassadors. We are his representatives. And he wants to display his kingdom in that situation to those people through us. Through us. You know, John, if you take a note, you can write this down. down. John 17, verse 18. And in John... 20 verse 21 Jesus said I'm paraphrasing but you can look it up to see that it says this that as the father sent me first he was praying in John 17 he was saying father as you have sent me so I sent them and then in John 20 verse 21 he says he's after he appears to the disciples after his resurrection everything he says as the father has sent me So I send you. So as as God sent Jesus into this world to do many wonderful things, Luke 418, Jesus turns to his disciples and say, "Okay, as I was sent, now I'm sending you to do the same thing. And so that is our commission. As Jesus was sent to do things, so are we sent to do the very same things. Remember, Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 12, he said, those anyone who believes in me. Who believes in me, the miracles or the works that I've done, that I do, shall you do also? And then he says, and even greater. Even greater. So the things that Jesus did, the works, we are called to do the very same things and greater things. I don't necessarily understand the greater. It's like, don't really know what he meant by that, whether he meant in magnitude or he meant in quantity or whatever. Because he did some pretty cool stuff. Did some amazing things. But at least he said, the works, the miracles that I did, you shall do as well and even greater. You know, John 5, verse 19. Jesus said, actually, I'm going to turn there. Turn to John five nineteen. 519 then jesus answered and said to them most assuredly i say to you the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do but what he sees the father do for whatever he does the son also does in like manner for the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel so basically we see and this is a common understanding that jesus only did what he saw the father doing Jesus was the ultimate kingdom builder, the ultimate. What he saw the Father doing, that's what he did. And I believe, now this is just my take on this. I don't believe that it was that it was so robotic that Jesus only did. In other words, he saw the Father do something and then he did it. Saw the Father do something again, then he did it. I don't think I don't think God micromanaged Jesus to that extent. You understand what I'm saying about what I mean by that? In other words, Jesus was a robot and he just saw it played out in heaven. Then he then he did it on earth and kind of did it over and over. I don't think that's what that means. Now this is my take on this. What I believe it means is Jesus knew what was in the heart of the father. And when Jesus saw a situation, he knew that it was in the heart of the father. The father would do this. The father would take care of the situation. And so he did it, whether it was healing the lepers, whether it was raising a widow's son from the dead. Whether it was feeding 5,000 men plus women and children. Jesus saw the father doing it. In other words, it was in the father's character. The father's nature to do that. And so Jesus did it. So Jesus was moved by the very things that moved God. I only do the things I see my father doing. And that's what our call is to do. The things that are in the heart of God, the things that are in the character, the nature of God, that's what he wants us to do. He wants to continue. Remember I shared last week that uh, what Bill shared, a testimony of Bill Wood shared, that he uh, was looking out the window and, and a neighbor's yard needed some work. I can't remember if it was leaves raking or whatever. And the Holy Spirit said to him, "I want to do work I want to do yard work for so-and-so, Miss So-and-so, and I want to use you to do it. I want to use your body. Can I use your body?" It's like the Lord wanted to minister in such a way, but he would be willing to, to submit himself to do that. And that's pretty much what it's about. The Holy Spirit wants to help this person, like like pray for this, this young mother that's in the hospital with her eight-month-old baby. The Holy Spirit wants to minister to that young lady, and he wanted Lisa's permission. Can I do it through you? So, how do we see the kingdom manifest through us in practical ways? Because we don't want to stay real. We don't want to stay out in the theoretical realm. But let's get real practical. Let's get real practical. And how do we see God's kingdom, his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, how do we see that actually work through us? It's real simple. Not necessarily easy, but it's real simple. And it can be summed up in this one statement by saying yes to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit says, I'd like you to do that, do this, you say, yes, I will do that. You see that, that man over there? I'd like you to, yes, I will do that. You know, your wife could really use some encouragement. Your wife, I'd like you to do this for your wife. Yes, I will do that. And every time you say yes to the Holy Spirit and walk in obedience to whatever it is, the kingdom of heaven, God's will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. You are allowing the expression of his kingdom to be manifest through you simply through obedience. And see, it doesn't just, I don't want to give the impression that it just looks like The dead being raised, or the sick being healed, or the 5,000 being fed. It doesn't, that does look like that, but it doesn't just look like that. It looks like, for example, a sister taking care of all of our laundry during the last, you know, that built up while we're in the hospital. And believe me, we got some laundry. You can imagine seven bodies in the house, how much laundry can accumulate when my missus is not there (laughs) to take care of it. And it's just these guys in the house, dirtying up all this laundry. But a sister in our body says, I would like to help. Can I do this for you? And she took care of our laundry. Or someone buying us groceries. Say, hey, is there anything I can do? And, And they just, they buy some groceries and bring them so our... Teenagers can eat. Or, or, bring, or them bringing a pizza by just because they wanted them to have a hot meal. Say, hey, we just wanted to bring this to you. See, to me, that's someone saying yes to the Holy Spirit and God's kingdom being manifested here on earth through a pizza. Or through doing laundry. Or many of you saying yes to the Holy Spirit and giving us money. To help us with the expenses that can be accrued through traveling back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you know, I wanted to mention that. That is very interesting. When this thing first started, we were probably about two weeks in. And we have a budget. You know, so we budget our gas and we budget our groceries, all this kind of stuff. And I remember telling Lisa at the hospital, I think it was at the hospital. And we were just two weeks into our month. We still had, you know, over half the month to go. And I said, I just put the last bit of our gas that we had budgeted for this month. I just put the last bit in the car. In other words, our gas was all used up for the month and we still had half the month left. I was thinking, that was just a thought. I said, I just put the rest of the gas in. And then the very next day, two people gave me gift cards from Walmart so I could use for gas and groceries. I didn't tell them. Anything about, I just used the gas up or anything like that. I told Lisa. And then different ones of you, and you know who you are. You began to hear, just want to bless you with this. And it was so interesting how this all played out. Because when it first happened, see, now you, know, you got to remember, we weren't expecting this thing to last, right? I mean, you're thinking, OK, we're in the hospital a couple of days, a few days, going to figure it out and go home. And it's going to be over. So all of a sudden, when these gifts started coming, these monetary gifts, I was like, whoa, dude, Thinking plasma TVs or just kidding. And so I was like, I don't have to do this. So I just put it in a savings account. I just put it in, the, in our account. Well, little did we know <laughs> they went on and on and on. So ended up spending that when that money got spent. I remember we were down to eight dollars and ninety three cents of the, the gifts we received. And right when we got to $8.93, someone came up and said, the Lord told me to give this to you. It's like, wow. Went back up. Used that. Got all the way down again. Someone came up and says, here, the Lord told me to give this to you. The whole time, through this whole two and a half, three months, the money never ran out. But it was always just enough. Remember the widow with the oil? That's exactly what it reminded me of. And the way it played out was perfect. I mean, it couldn't have been orchestrated by anybody else. Unless there's someone in here who's very, very smart that I know not of. Because <laughs> it worked perfectly. And it was amazing. And God was reminding us through you guys, I am right here with you. I have not left you. Because if you're going through one trial, other things can get out of, out of hand and you can get overwhelmed. by it. it could, we could have got overwhelmed financially. We weren't allowed to be overwhelmed financially because of your help. Or someone coming into our home and while we're gone and cleaning our house, coming in and cleaning. See, that's saying yes to the Holy Spirit. That's saying, God, I would like to serve. And he says, why don't you do this? And they say, yes. Kingdom being manifested in a wonderful way. Taking care of our kids. And the reason why I'm sharing this, I keep bringing this up because to this date, this is probably the most difficult thing we went through. I hope it is the most difficult thing. (laughs) It was, you know, just for very various reasons. But the manifest presence of God came in different ways that just blew us away. Especially, you know, because this happened right as you know the transition, and we're changing this, and all of a sudden I'm responsible for this. It's like, how, how do I do this? How do I, you know, what do I focus on? But it never got overwhelming, because you people took care of the things that could have really got out of hand. Like, what do I do with my kids? Um, Okay, I mean Joseph did wonderful. He took care of Benjamin and Julia most of the time. He was a trooper. But there were times when it was beyond him. Where I need, we need something else. Then uh, Warren and Jean stepped in and, and took care of Benjamin and Julia. And then different ones of you said, "Bring them over to the house," and just all these different things. And the kids had a good time. They had fun. They weren't just stuck in the corner. You stay right there till I get back. You know, they they had a good time. And all I'm saying, the reason why I'm bringing this up is. You have already been allowing the kingdom of heaven to, to flow through you. Don't let it stop. Don't let it stop. Now, I'm not saying for us. <laughs> keep it coming. I'm not saying that. But just keep saying yes to the Holy Spirit. Just keep saying yes to the Holy Spirit. And we never know the impact that we may have on a, a life of a person and their family. And I want to ask Shannon. I, uh, Todd shared something with me. We were just talking. I don't remember the context. Uh, maybe it was a staff meeting or something. But Todd shared. Or maybe it was just me and Todd talking. And he shared this story. He was you know, telling on, telling on his wife. And it almost brought me to tears. And it provoked me. It's like, oh God, I want to I be about your business. And it just hit me in a wonderful way. And then I, I asked Shannon if she'd be willing to share uh, Share this story of uh, saying yes to Jesus.
1: if I could just give like a little bit of background about uh, four or five months ago um, when at a time when I was I was really seeking the Lord and uh, I was praying one day and I was thinking about those verses where Jesus says uh, to you know to lift up your eyes that the fields are white all ready to harvest and he says that a few different times but I was sitting there just kind of in a state of prayer and I was thinking about those verses <clears throat> And I was thinking, Lord, you know, that sounds so easy. You know, when you see that on paper, and I know it's in your word, so I know it's true, but it, it sounds so easy. The fields are white. You know, go get it. And it just doesn't feel that way. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when you're out there, it just looks seems like it should be so easy. It's ready. It's there. Like, you should just be able to go do it. But when you're out there, it doesn't feel that way. It feels hard, you know? And I was just um, I was just kind of praying that out in my mind to the Lord. Like, you know, Lord, I believe you, but it just does not feel this way. And the Holy Spirit just, like, completely cut right through my thoughts, like, just interrupted my thoughts. And I heard him very clearly say, will you present yourself as a servant to the harvest? And I felt like he didn't even necessarily, like, answer what I was saying, you know. <laughs> it was just like... Bam, will you, and I felt the Holy Spirit challenge me with that, will you present yourself as a servant to the harvest? You know, like like down on your knees, you know, where you say, yes, Lord, I will be a servant to your harvest. And it really moved me. And, uh, and I felt like in my heart that if I was in that place where I was presenting myself as a servant to the harvest, that I could lift up my eyes, you know, and, and see And so I really felt the Holy Spirit challenged me with that. Well, after that, um, in a period of time after that, I was praying and seeking the Lord. Well, the Holy Spirit began to stir up a desire in my heart to um, put to get people food, you know, people that need food just in a practical way that need food. And it's not something that I have ever. It's not something that's really been a desire for me to do that. To participate in that kind of a ministry hasn't necessarily been something that has been, like, close to my heart or whatever. But the Holy Spirit started stirring up that desire just to help feed people. You know what I'm saying? And and bring them food. And um, the more I would pray, the more I pray, just growing and growing and growing. And I was just like, after a while, I was like, Todd, I want a warehouse and a forklift. I mean, you know, (laughs) I want to do this thing. So... um, and then, like right after that, just like seemingly out of nowhere, seemingly out of nowhere, we started having these bulk supplies come into our hands and so um so we just you know start giving it out you know <laughs> and um and I just you know I know it's like one of those things of just you know following that breadcrumb you know from the Lord, but one of the things that c j asked me to share about, one of the things that came to our, into my hands was um 40 gold coins and uh my uh todd had been sharing with my brother and if you know my brother he's just kind of he's kind of different but um he had been sharing that with my brother and uh they were like well they were praying they were like well we want to be a part of this you know and so they they wanted to give us uh they prayed and they thought they decided to give us 40 dollars and uh that's just my brother he goes and gets 40 gold coins that's just something he's going to do and so, and he even, like, bought, he went and got this special kind of gum that comes in, like, a little sack. So, you have, so I had this little drawstring sack. And they gave it to me. I was there one day, and they said, we want to give this towards that. And so, I had this drawstring sack of um, 40 gold coins. And um, and um I just put it in my purse. And obviously, I'm not going to, you know, like, go buy a warehouse and a forklift with this 40 gold coins. And so, but I just thought, I know that, um the lord i know i'll know what to do when the time comes you know the holy spirit will show me and we have that promise that the holy spirit will guide us into all truth and so i just put it in my purse and i had it probably for a couple of months and i didn't think about it all the time it was just there in my purse it's kind of heavy but um so one day we were leaving walmart and uh there was somebody like there can be you know if the corner's a McElroy and Perkins. Lots of times there's people there. And then sometimes um, as you're coming in and out of Walmart. And one day we were leaving Walmart and there was a man standing there and um, he had a sign. I think it said it said something about he had a new baby and he needed to work for some food so he could feed his family. And uh, we passed him and I mean we got a few feet past him and I felt the Holy Spirit just come on me. Like I I was just uh, I just felt him just apprehend my heart. That's it right there. That's where the forty gold coins go. And I told Todd, I said, we got to turn around. We got to get that guy. That's who the gold coins are for, Todd. That's who the gold coins are for. And so, uh, so he turned around and we went back in and we parked at that, I think it's a muffler place or whatever it is. And and uh, I gave Todd those forty, that sack of forty gold coins. And he, he went up to him and he talked to him, visited with him for a little bit and told him well, I've got these 40 gold coins, you know, (laughs) this is real. This is really $40, you know, and, uh, um, and he prayed for him and the guy was really, he was pretty touched by it, you know, but, uh, uh, it was an awesome thing. Just those little, like CJ's talking about those little things. And, you know, as I was praying through that time, I know that I may not have a warehouse and a forklift and all that, but just things just keep coming up in my spirit. I can cook a meal. So I've cooked a meal, you know, I can do as we, I know that there's, that's part of the kingdom, you know, as, as we steward what God puts in our hands, there's increase built into that, into that stewardship, you know. And so that's where I am right now with my warehouse and my forklift, you know, I know how, <laughs> I know how, as you know, things come into my hand and I, and, you know, we give them out. It is, it's building the kingdom and, and uh, there's increase in that and it's an awesome, it's an amazing thing.
0: So that's what we're talking about right there. And, you know, um, as I was, as Todd was sharing this story with me earlier, and, and you know, he prayed for the man and, and the guy was blessed, you know, teared up and everything. And I was thinking, you know, they do this to this man who's got a new baby and a wife and everything. And this guy goes back and shares this with his family. And then maybe they share it with some friends. You, you never know where this is going to go. You know, and Todd didn't stop right there and and say, do you know, Jesus, you need to get saved right now. You're going to burn the turn. You know, he didn't he didn't go into all that, but he allowed they allowed the kingdom of heaven to manifest through them for the benefit of this family. And as a result, we don't know, only till they get to heaven will they see the, you know, the finished product, but that could result in that family salvation. But that's not what they're responsible for. They weren't responsible for them doing everything. They were just responsible for what the Holy Spirit had given them, and they delivered it. And that's what this is about. Being a kingdom builder is about whatever you have, whatever the Lord has given you, the gifts and talents, finances, whatever He's given you, and you say, yes, Lord. When the Holy Spirit says, do this, yes, Lord, and you do that, we never know what will happen. I remember uh, a few days ago I was in Walmart, and I was buying a, a, a gift for a friend. It was their birthday. And I got in line, and the Holy Spirit said there were some, some plants, some flowers, some, pretty, some tulips. And it was after Thanksgiving. It was after Valentine's. So they had a lot of flowers, you know, left over and everything. And I was standing in line, there was a lady there, and she had three little children. And the Holy Spirit said, Buy her one of these plants. Give her one of those plants. And I'm, okay, and so I went back and found, a, you know, a pretty one. And I was thinking, this can be kind of awkward. <laughs> you know, I saw a ring on her finger. I got one on my finger. I'm thinking, this could be kind of awkward, you know. And, uh, but I feel like the Holy Spirit gave me something to say. And, and then I was waiting for her to finish. She was getting her stuff bagged and everything, and she finished. And then I told the, the cashier later, I said, I'm going to pay for these. But then I went and gave them to this lady. I said, Man, so I'd like to give you this flower, this plant. And every time you and your family see it, I want it to remind you of how much Jesus loves you. And she looked at me because I was thinking this can be kind of awkward, like, OK, thank you. You know, but she didn't respond that way up at all. She said, thank you very much. And then the lady, the cash register, lady sitting said, looking at us like, oh, and they said, here, you want a bag for that? You know. But the interesting thing was, I don't know where that's going to go. But if that plant is still alive. When they see it, it's going to remind them that Jesus loves them. And the Holy Spirit can take that wherever he wants to take it. With Take it. Amen. That's what we're talking about. And see, things like that can lead to. Because I've got to pray for many people and see some really cool stuff happen. See people get healed right on the spot. In Walmart. In Lowe's. In uh, the convenience stores. But it's not just about that, but it includes that. Amen. And so I don't want you to disqualify yourself saying, well, man, I don't know if I can pray for people. I don't know if I can do all that. Don't worry about that. Do what you can do. See, there is something that you are good at that that God has put in your heart, an area of service or 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 whatever. You know what it is. That's what he. Holy Spirit says, what do you have in your hand? This. Can I borrow that? Will you allow me to give that away to somebody? You know, I won't mention any names because I don't want to embarrass this brother. But God has used him for over 20 years, helping me and my family with our vehicles. Saved us thousands of dollars. But I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't have any money to get this fixed. And I wouldn't do this all the time, but sometimes I feel like the Lord said, call this brother. Call my son. And I'd call him and say, hey, can you help me out? My car is... Right there, take care of it. It's like, man, this is crazy. And see, I think of what I've went through, me and Lisa and the boys and Julie went through these last couple of months, and I think, thank God that I have a family. Thank God that I have Jesus. But then I think, who doesn't? What about the people who don't? I think of that young lady, Angela, at the OU Medical Center. I think, who's supposed to help them? We are. We are. We're going to come across people who don't have hope, who are discouraged or whatever. And you never know. I've heard so many testimonies, and I know you have too. The testimonies, and they're, they're kind of extreme when you hear them. But the testimony of life, for example, the Holy Spirit tells you, I want you to go to this person and tell them, like the checkout person or someone, say, I want you to tell them that I love them. I care for them. You know, the Holy Spirit, God wants them to know that they love them. And then they follow through with it. It sounds so generic, but they follow through with it. And then the testimony is, I was talking to God this morning saying, God, if you are real, then I want you to prove it. If not, I'm going to kill myself today. And then this person, this brother or sister, would come to that person and say, God wants you to know he loves you. And that obedience kept that person alive. I have friends who have had that testimony that they were used that way. So we never know. It can, it, but it's all about just simple acts of obedience. And see, a lot of times we say, I want to be used by God. I want to be used by God. God never uses me. And see, we're thinking we want to start way up and do the big stuff, like preach to 10,000 people and all that kind of stuff. But the Holy Spirit wants us to start with, what do you have in your hand? Will you, can I use, can I borrow you to push that person's grocery cart or to take care of their children or, or Whatever. And we say yes to that, he who is faithful with a little, I will give him more. Amen. Okay, stand with me, please. Brothers and sisters, this is going to be our identity, that we are kingdom builders. We are kingdom builders. And I want you to go home this week and say that 10,000 times to yourself. We all know that doesn't make you a kingdom builder. Next week, I want to talk about the key thing that it's going to take for me and you to be a kingdom builder. There's one key thing. And if you want to hear it, you got to come back next week. Or you can hear it on the website. know Let's pray. Father, thank you so much again. Lord, it's so wonderful when we get to personally experience your just you loving on us, just wrapping us in your warm arms and and saying how much you love us. And I just pray for that, for those who are here who are struggling, who are having a challenging time, that they just need a tangible reminder.